0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm very revved up and excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in. His name is Noel Carroll. He's calling in from Pasadena, California. Noel Carroll is the chief executive officer of BioFriendly Corporation. Their focus is on the environmental space, and Noel has been part of the company since 2002. He was recruited by his brother Michael to run BioFriendly in 2018. Their goal is to tackle issues to improve our planet by creating solutions that solve problems and make a real difference. Passionate about the environment, Noel is widening the company's focus from their flagship product, Green Plus, a fuel enhancer, to a broader reach that educates, invests in, and promotes a very healthy planet. One of their company taglines is, we make dirty fuel burn cleaner. We'll be back in a minute to learn a lot more about Noel and his company, but first, a word from our value sponsors that make this show possible. We'll be right back. Do you know the best way to protect your special vehicle, both the inside and the outside, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, back when I was in high school. I've been around a long time. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking brand new. And they have manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design for a very long time. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they're crafted to fit tens of thousands of patterns, and that's growing. You can choose from a dozen fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. I protected my rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you know what? You should too, and I've got a deal for you. Right now, you can get 10% off your order using a special Cars yeah! code. The code is YEAH120. Use that code when you check out and you get 10% off your order. What a deal. That's at Covercraft.com. Be sure to use the code ya 120 at checkout for your 10% off. That's Covercraft.com. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car or if you have 200 in your garage. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get an exclusive SCM guide to restoration shops included for free, and I've got a couple very cool offers. One is if you go and subscribe to their digital subscription, you're going to get 50% off using the code CARS. Yeah, that's right, 50% off their digital subscription. But wait, that's not all. If you go and subscribe and get their print magazine and use the code BSH, you get $10 off. That's right, $10 off. Why BSH? Well, that's the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast that I do every Tuesday with Keith Martin. You'll find it here on the Cars Yeah! website or using your mobile device with any mobile device podcast app. Or you can find it at sportscarmarket.com. That's Buy, Sell, Hold, the essence of collecting. Hey Noel, welcome to Cars yeah, My friend, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We'll have a little bit of fun today. Before I jump into the questions, though, I want you to tell our listeners one little thing that
1: most people don't know about Noel. Okay, so <laughs> all right, i don't i don't uh, I don't really prefer cheese. Uh, cheese is something that that makes me cheese. Uh, <laughs> <makes me>, yeah, <laughs> it's something that I, I'll 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 eat it, and then somehow the, the just it gets into my nose and the senses, and it just takes over, and and I I have a gag reflex. It's pretty awful. Really, but wow. But the thing that's that's <laughs> odd though is my favorite junk food is pizza. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And one of my favorite uh, foods to eat uh, is is a quiche. So there's those are two kind of cheese heavy foods that yeah. for whatever reason I really like, even though just cheese straight up. And on most foods, I, I I can't, I can't stand it. You know,
0: you know what it might be. I've got the same issue and you know, I love the smell of pizza, the idea of pizza, everything about it. But when I eat it, I do not feel very good. And yeah. it's the same with some cheeses. And I think it goes back to, for me, when I was a kid, uh, the doctor, this was you know way back when I was pretty young, the doctor found out that I was allergic to a lot of dairy products. And oh, wow. so I couldn't drink milk. I didn't eat cheese. For some reason, ice cream was fine. Uh, I don't know why that is, but... Well, that's lucky. Yeah, lucky me. But uh yeah, cheeses is one of those things. I love the taste. I love the t- everything about it until I eat it, and I don't feel very good, so... Maybe you got a little lactose intolerance going on there with your that might be it your love affair with cheese or your non love <laughs> affair with cheese. So very interesting. I always love that question. You never know what people are gonna gonna tell you. So that's pretty cool. Well, let's start with an inspirational quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in your life and how you operate. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires spinning here on cars. Yeah. So Noel, grab the wheel.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, Okay, so there's a there's a quote that I I once saw that it was was attributed to Dr. Seuss, although later on I I found out that it probably he may not have ever said it. But I love the quote anyway. It's it's, be who you are and say what you feel, because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind.
0: Uh Ah, sounds like a Dr. Seuss story.
1: (laughs) Well, it does, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I I, I love that. I love that quote. I love what that what that means, because I do feel that that it's it's pretty easy in life to fit in or to, to try to make your life and your, your opinions and your thoughts sort of meet what's wanted. Yeah. And while that's important, sometimes I, I do think it's, it's important that we are who we are, right? And that we do our best to to shine the way we shine, because that's the best way to succeed.
0: It's a great concept. And when I started this podcast, I reached out to a lot of podcasters because I didn't know what I was doing. And I said, "What what's one of the best pieces of advice you can offer me? And, and almost everyone said the same thing. Don't try to be somebody else. Just be who you are. You know, if you think you're goofy, be goofy. If you think you're silly, be silly. But don't try to be somebody else. And we all see that, uh, especially in maybe celebrities around us, people that are trying a little bit too hard. Right. But we also see it in our personal lives and our business lives. And I think you're right. It's best to just to be who you are and act who you are, Uh, act like who you are, I should say. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about your company, because that's the main reason I wanted to have you on the show here. BioFriendly Corporation, one of your taglines I mentioned, we make a dirty fuel burn cleaner. And you and I had a great little pre-show chat. And I'll tell our listeners, we also found out that we both played in bands when we were younger. Uh, So (laughs) that's kind of cool. Rock and roll. But I want to learn more about and share more about your company With our listeners, because obviously, no matter where you stand on on the climate change issue, I believe everybody cares about this planet. Everybody wants this planet to thrive and be healthy. Nobody likes trash in their oceans or anywhere else or pollution in the sky. And having grown up in Southern California where in the 70s and even the early 80s, oh, my gosh, the pollution in Southern California was just horrible. I mean, there's days you'd go out there, I'd be out surfing and your eyes would be burning. It was just terrible. So tell us about your company, what you guys are all about, and some of the products that you guys provide so that the rest of us can breathe a little cleaner
1: air. (laughs) Sure, sure. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. So when I actually took over the company, um, and as you mentioned earlier I've been involved with the company in one form or another, helping out uh, since you know for a long time's about two thousand and two yeah. but I didn't really jump in fully until just a couple of years ago uh, March of two thousand and eighteen and at that point, the company was the focus of the company was really cleaning the air it was uh, it was treating fuels so that the fuels would burn more cleanly, mm-hmm. and then by doing that reduce the amount of emissions that there are and help make cleaner air and that that has gone really well for this company, and that's been, been a focus that that the company's had for. You know, for a good long time, and we're continuing to do that. Uh, we've had some success in that area. We have a a United Nations Eco Label uh, given by Unitar and and CIFOL, which are their kind of training arms, where we were certified to, to or recognized rather, to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by seven percent. Which is, uh I think a, I mean, I think it's a big point. I think that that uh, the more we can do to to cut back on on what we're polluting into the air, the better, right? That's that's sure. kind of a, an overall goal. And the thing that's also what we kind of aim for is we, we call our product an energy transition fuel. The cooler that electric cars get, and the cooler the technology gets uh, in in kind of the the quest to to give more options for for people to drive cars or or vehicles of any kind, the less emissions there's going to be, and potentially the less fuel we'll need. And so over time, you know, I mean, depending on how things go, we, we may not be able to sell very much of a product because there'll be less and less fuel. So one of the things that I've taken to doing with this company since taking over is is, uh, is expanding it into more of an environmental company in general. And so that has kind of gone into education. Uh, we're finding that a lot of times, like you said, it's not that people don't care about the environment or that people don't believe that there's issues with the environment or things that need to be done. It's that they're being browbeaten by the environmentalists yes. <laughs> to exist today, right? Yeah, so it's right. like if you're doing nothing, then you're horrible. You're an evil person, right? Or if you're, or what you're doing isn't enough, and you should do more, and you mm-hmm. should be converting your car into running on peanut oil or some, whatever, right? They, sure. Like whatever, whatever thing you can <laughs> come up with that, that makes it difficult mm-hmm. and 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 intimidating and kind of mean. And and so what we focused on, we started a a website. It's a an online magazine called BiofriendlyPlanet dot com, and uh, that was the our first foray into reaching out to to people who maybe have not embraced environmentalism, who maybe aren't looking at environmentalism as a thing or who hate it. <laughs> sure. uh, and, and to give them sort of a, an olive branch, right? To find a little easy approachable way to come take a look at something. We're not going to force you into doing anything. We're just going to give some ideas. If it's a good idea and you want to take it, go for it. If not, that's cool. Do the next one. And we have that. We have a podcast we started called the Bio-Friendly Podcast, um, which is uh, it's a weekly show where we do the same thing. We we talk about just different ideas, different things that are happening, different concepts you can try, what events are going on in, in the green space. And we make it very light. And, mm-hmm. and we don't punish you for not doing it. We just put it out there so you can have it. And by doing that, we're finding that more and more people have, you know, are... are embracing the environment and we're actually getting people to become environmentally aware who weren't looking at it before and that's that's really our goal
0: well i think it's it's awesome and it, it's the way it should be approached because you hit on a couple of things here that i believe a lot of listeners and again whether whatever side of the quote-unquote climate change issue you're on i really do believe let's let's just we'll pick on let's say the side that is against it now when i say sure. that most people are not against a clean planet <laughs> just, it, but it, you touched on some things. It's because you're told by others, or you're shamed that you're not doing something, or you know. And now I'll, I'll use Greta Thunberg as a good example. the 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 famous quote, "Shame on you," you know, is going around, right. and it's like, well, who are you, little girl, to tell me? That I'm a bad person. And so it really is a detriment against what the ultimate goal of, I believe, every sane human being on this planet is, and that is to protect our planet and to not throw trash in the ocean and not to pollute and all these things. So approaching it the way you're doing, and I love the name of your business, BioFriendly. Uh, you know, it's it, it kind of a play on words a little bit, I think, from what you're doing and also you. what your product is all about. So bravo to, to what you're doing. And I'm glad you also brought it up because I was going to say, well, with the propensity of electric cars coming along, what's going to happen to your company? Because let's say we aren't going to need fuels now yeah you've probably done studies on this. I've had people on the show that have talked about, look, we're going to have cars that operate on fuel, gasoline, for thirty, forty years, maybe longer than that, because just the just the, you can't just get rid of all the gas cars tomorrow. it's yeah,
1: there's there's an infrastructure problem that yes that's, uh, just a little not, bit. yeah, yeah, it's, it's not being confronted by by greenies, really. They're not acknowledging that it exists, right? and if you and if you really want to switch the planet to a completely sustainable situation, it is something that's going to have to happen in phases. I mean, that might not be a popular thing to say as an environmentalist, but I, I also am a realist, and and I think that if if you want to actually solve the problem, you have to come up with solutions that work and that actually help, right? And you right. can't just say well, we must do this if it can't be done. Like you've got to do things that could get us there. Yes. You know? And and I I think that uh, you know depending on what side of the argument are, you are on for climate change, you may love or hate Elon Musk, but I <laughs> I think that uh, that one of the clever things that was done with Tesla is and and I think it relates to the show a little bit, is the concept that you can't bring people along by giving them something they don't want, right? Like, right. If, if you're going to get people to embrace an electric vehicle, you have to make it cool, you have to make it yeah, fast, right. you have to make it fun to drive, because yep. that's why we love cars, because uh-huh. they're fun, <laughs> yeah. right? It's that freedom, it's that, that feeling you get of, of being behind the wheel, and you can go anywhere, and you can do anything, and it's just that, you know, that that feeling of being a teenager again, you know? Yeah. And that's, that was one cool thing about Tesla, and I think that that's a neat thing that a neat way that environmentalism I think needs to go is to be like look if we do this let's do it in a way that everybody's going to enjoy let's 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 right. try to get there in a fun right.
0: way. Well, you see companies like Porsche doing it with the new Taycan. I mean, you go for riding that car. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. The Porsche speed is there. Even the ludicrous mode in the Tesla. I had uh, a guest on the show recently. They're producing a car called the Solo, which is yeah. a single commuter car. Uh, Henry Reisner, uh, his company, Intermechanica, which were known for building replica speedsters and Porsches, are are going to be transferring that side of their business. They're also doing the Solo to all electric cars. So you could go buy a 58 replica speedster porsche speedster but it's powered by tesla batteries right uh, whatever batteries so the fun factor is still there but it's just transforming so yeah but it's going to take time it's just like all these charging stations we saw this uh not too long ago in california where people were lined up waiting to charge up their cars because they were stuck in traffic in California right. c- coming back from the mountains and just like, yeah, oops,
1: that didn't work very well. So we're just not quite there yet. I mean, and, and that's, and even when we get there, there's, there's a, and we've talked about this on our, our podcast a little bit, but the electric battery, Tesla's in particular, I mean, it's, it's an incredible battery, but we're going to need to make a better one if we plan on truly being positive in terms of, of emissions in this country, because it costs quite a bit in terms of carbon emissions to create that battery. I think that investing in that kind of technology is a good idea. And, and I think that, that finding better solutions, if you put money towards the solution, then you're going to get better ideas and it's going to get better. It's going to improve. But this will take time. It will take time. I, it, it just will. And, and it's something that we've got we've to support in a smart way, I, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And give it time. You know, yeah. Maybe that's why, and I see this where people are shocked at how can people keep Man, now we won't talk about it now with what the stock market's doing right now. But Tesla, you just keep seeing the stock flying through, and people are so so shocked, going, "Well, how can it be worth that much?" I think it's the investors that believe in the concepts you were just talking about that it will get there. But we need to feed it; it needs money to develop. And people like Elon Musk, who I hold in high admiration, just by his daring nature to just absolutely do stuff i mean who comes up with the idea well i'll invent this thing called paypal and sell it and then i'll, I'll fly to mars i think i'll do that <laughs> you know right uh, yeah wh- why not i think i'll you know it's just like a steve jobs or i mean people i think he's an alien in some way <laughs> he thinks yeah. on a, a higher level than i can even uh contemplate so I'm excited by the whole prospect and I truly believe that those of us who are car fanatics, we don't have to be afraid of this. There's going to be plenty of fun to be had. I had uh David Bernardo who runs Z Electric down in San Diego. They build, yeah. they take old VW bugs and buses and even old Porsches and Karmann and turn them into electric vehicles. They're they're much faster. They're more yeah. they're fun to drive. They're awesome yeah. cool cars. I'd love to have a, my old Kia back that was all electric and quiet or you know you go out and go snowmobiling and it's quiet because it doesn't have a gas engine i think it's fantastic i'm excited by the future i think we've got a long way to go and definitely with companies like yours out there supporting this and helping us along and having a more realistic i'll say non-shaming attitude and thank you <laughs> for that yeah you don't get well, anywhere when you shame people
1: oh thank you i i, I agree and, and you know for classic car enthusiasts i i don't think i don't think you're at risk i really don't i think that that you look at uh, at at the old. I mean, cars used to require lead, right? Well, you yeah. find a solution, so you can solve the classic car. Yeah. I, I think that there's always going to be a solution for for things that have artistic value, and and classic cars have artistic value, and and I, I think that some of these gasoline-powered cars and these old diesels and some of these some of these cool cars that exist are going to continue to exist. And There's going to be room for them somewhere, somehow, even three thousand years from now like that's just here's a good correlation
0: somebody shared with me remember when we went from having horse and buggy to cars right and a lot of people said well we'll never get rid of horses well they were right there's still horses there's still lots of horses i've got a horse stables right by my house here where people ride they just use them differently now right so i could see in the future that these gasoline cars are just used differently you go to special places to drive them you can enjoy them maybe it's out out in the country or special tracks or whatever it might be. They may not be driven on the road again, but they're used in another way. So uh, yeah, there's hope for all of us. Petrol heads who love our <laughs> our cars and want to enjoy them, but uh, I know my opinion in the last few years has changed a bit as well. Same with autonomy. I used to think, why would anyone want that? And then I think about, well, my mother's aging and she's not as comfortable driving. It'd be nice if she could summon a car and it would just take her to her doctor's appointment.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's it would it would improve efficiency in a lot of ways, uh, just because you could really plan things out. In fact, if you get the again, it's an infrastructure problem, but if you get the infrastructure right, you'd remove traffic basically because you could right. time everything
0: out. Right. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have to waste your time commuting. You could read a magazine or a book or listen to a podcast on your way to work because the car just takes you there Yep. or your vehicle or whatever it is. Maybe it'll be flying someday. We'll see. Well, that's very cool. I love it. Well, let's talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way. This could be something you guys are facing now, could be the past, could be something in your personal life. doesn't really matter, but I want you to take us there. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you?
1: Okay, so, so my, my background is actually in entertainment. Uh, that's, that's where my, my – uh, some partners and I started a, a YouTube channel back in 2011 called Good Cops TV. And, ah, uh, and Cool. The, yeah, we had a show called Good Cops. That was that's what started mm-hmm. it all. It was a, sh- a show about mustachioed cops who used explosions and faulty logic to solve crimes that nobody cares about. <laughs> and, uh, and then you know by the end of it, you find out that the uh, the explosions were necessary, the faulty logic was in fact perfectly accurate, and the crime was the most important crime that needed to be solved. And then you have a laugh and it's a good <laughs> Okay. And uh, yeah, and, and that went really well. We sold that that show to uh to. Uh, Warner's gaming and digital arm at the time it was called Machinima, and then produced more of that. They produced, you know, we produced uh, uh, more good cops, and then uh, we produced a western show called Tumbleweed, which went really well. And then, uh, and then got into you know making commercials and all that kind of stuff. And we did eventually make a movie, uh, and that movie was called I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker. And that, okay. that movie is a, is a vampire <laughs> film. It takes place in, in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. And uh, we actually went to Wisconsin to shoot it. We went to, we, you know, talked to the locals. One of, one of my partners grew up there and his family is from there. And, and they said, well, you need to, you know, if you get it done and that those your outdoor shots in the first couple weeks in November, you'll be fine. We don't really get our big storms until early December. And, and you might get see a flurry here and there, but no big deal. Well, we went up there, brought a whole crew you know, I had a whole team of people on a very tight budget to go up there and shoot this movie. And we were hit in the first week by a very rare polar vortex, oh, a very no. early polar vortex. Yeah. So, the so vampires uh, got a little cold. Yeah. So it was it was six feet of snow in, in less than a week. Oh, my gosh. You know, it was just snow everywhere. And yeah. and, uh, and it was a fairly devastating problem because there wasn't there wasn't room for that much snow in the story as it started. Couldn't and you have we just had, removed the word good and put freezing? <laughs> oh, see, have we done that? I could have saved myself you, so you many problems. You could have just <laughs> called me, <laughs> Noel.
0: I would have helped you out with the whole concept. A big rewrite, though.
1: <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, that's exactly what it was. Uh, in the end, while we were sitting there trying to figure this out, as the snow was falling and we were shooting yeah. indoor stuff that we could get done, we asked ourselves, okay, how do we How do we fix this? Because it we didn't have the kind of budget that we could just change everything and and start over and reshoot. I mean, we had to figure it out. Right. And, uh, and so we did, we rewrote the movie, we changed, I mean, 40% Forty percent of the movie was different than it was when it started. Uh, snow became a factor instead of being <laughs> a problem. Snow yeah. was part of the story, so yeah. we we wrote snow into the story. We used the 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 blood on the snow as a as a you know another cool visual a symbol. gag. Yeah, bath.
0: okay, I get it. Better than yellow snow, that's for sure. Yeah, well, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Ugh. Yeah, well, they're both maybe, bad.
1: Maybe for a sequel, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so we we changed it, and then we in doing that had to on the fly. Reevaluate what we were going to shoot while we were in Wisconsin. What had to be shot in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. What we needed to get, and then we just changed what we had. So we ended up coming home. We were supposed to have eighty percent of the movie in the can on the way home. We had about, I, I, sixty percent would be a, a a generous number. We had we had less than that. So we we came home with much less than we were supposed to have. And then we had to basically figure out how do we shoot the rest of this movie and then get it cut and and make this all work with what we have left. And, and, uh, we asked our fans, we did a Kickstarter and we were able to raise uh, more money for post-production that, that we didn't have. And that helped. And, and, uh, and we just, we got leaner, we got, got and we figured it out. And and it was, for me, it was a lesson on, it was, it was, it was a lesson on on being persistent. Like, Mm. I think that the persistent person wins, you know, the one who just keeps right. going, yeah. just keeps going. And sometimes you look at something, and you say, this is impossible. Well, okay. Instead of saying it's impossible, what's the next thing that you can do? Right. And then you do the next thing. And then the next thing and the next thing, and the next thing, then suddenly you're, you know, you're done. you've yeah. done it. You've gotten yourself to the end and you've made it. It might take longer. It might cost more. you might have to figure some things out. But if right. you really want to figure it out and you keep at it, you will. And that's been a nice just life lesson for me in, in general. And I, I kind of keep that with, with everything that, that I've done since. And, yeah. And
0: wow. Well, as Enzo Ferrari said, if you can dream it, you can do it. Yeah. And there's got to figure out a way. Well, sounds like a bloody good time to me. Ha ha ha. <laughs> but it sounds like it was a huge challenge. My goodness! Wow, that's that's an interesting story. I've not heard one like that before. So, well, I'm glad that you figured out a way to to make it happen. Let's take a short break. Thank our sponsors, and we're going to be right back. So, sit tight and watch out for vampires. <laughs> and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at Carsya.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, let's talk cars here. We'll go from vampires and snow to cars. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your personal passion for automobiles. Is there a time in your life when you felt like you were pretty much a car guy?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, So... (laughs) I come from a long line of of car addicts, and I'm actually in in that regard uh, a disappointment <laughs> for my family, <laughs> to be honest. But my my grandfather uh, he he had an industrial paint business, uh, which he he built from the ground up and did a you know and, and it went really well for him in the end. So so well, in fact that his addiction to cars uh became kind of renowned. Uh I, you wouldn't know it by listening to me, but I'm actually Australian. My whole family's uh is from Australia. We moved here when I when I was a baby.
0: They somebody stole your accent.
1: Yeah, exactly. I took it away. Uh but my my Australian grandfather would buy a, by according to stories from my my uh my uncles and and my dad and, and others who knew him, he would buy a new car every other week or so. Like it was that Oh my gosh. That. And, and then take that, and then whatever other car he had, he would give to like an employee or just guy, just get rid of it. And wow. he just went through went through cars like mad, and it, and it kind of made this addiction then to his children, my dad, and and my my uncles, and and uh, even my aunt to some degree uh, that that went down even to my my brother, uh, and they all they just are totally madly addicted to cars in a way that's so so big that I think that to some degree my mom may have tried to to get it out of me to try to put, point <laughs> me in other directions. <laughs> you can't have any <laughs> Matchbox cars, Noel. None. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So my my dad has has a has you know a, a, a modest car collection, but he's got he's got a few. He's got a a, a I think it's a 2007 GTO. I think that's that's oh, right. Yeah. Um yeah. because he loved that that Holden Monaro that they had in uh, in Australia, and and it was kind of built on the same model. And so he thought, what what a cool car to get. Sure. He got the, uh, the the anniversary 2005 edition of the uh, the Ford Thunderbird. Uh huh. He and my brother share a '69 Caddy. Yeah, and, and he's got a, a a what is that one? It's it's a Dodge Monaco, like a late '50s, I think. Dodge oh. Monica, because it reminds him of his first car. <laughs> so, there you go. But um, for me, it was, even though I, this is a family thing that I, I, should, I should be incredibly addicted, I'm, I'm less so than they are, although I do love cars. But the thing that got me into it was, uh, I don't know if you remember this, back in in, uh, in 94, Ford finally made a Mustang that looked a bit more like they used to. Yeah, because um, mm-hmm. for a while they had those. You know, they're they, were, they were more they were more like little sedans.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, they for, went through a really bad period there for a while.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I remember I, I had a friend whose whose uh, whose family was. You know, he was very very fortunate. They 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 did well, and he got a brand new convertible '94 uh, Ford Mustang GT. Nice. And I remember, yeah, asking if I could drive it, and he said, "Yeah, sure." And I, so I I drove that car, and, and you know, I, I remember just feeling it go and yeah. thinking, "I get it." Yeah. I get it. There that's that's what this is about. And 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 I've I've loved Mustangs ever since. And uh, and I think that's that's probably the moment yeah,
0: right there. When you when you got it. Well, how about your first really special car in your life? What was that?
1: <laughs> it was a, a, a POS, but I loved it <laughs> so. My first special car, uh it was it was a ninety-three Toyota pickup. Okay. It was a car that was used like a maintenance car uh, yeah. that had a, a big rack on the back of it and a toolbox and uh, and it had dents and scratches and no air conditioning and no radio and <laughs> it was manual transmission and uh, it was but it was affordable so so it's what I got for my first car and I I loved it it was like tiny little four cylinder engine it didn't didn't really have anything special about it except that it was my first car it was my first represent, representation representation of, of freedom right yeah. That freedom that you get car. And uh, I named it Maybelline. I remember you're telling me a story about your, your son naming Maybelline, his car. Maybelline.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybelline. Won't you be true. Yep. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> I love that car. I love that car. It was just a, a great, it, it got you from A to B. It did the job. I remember back then they wouldn't let you put people in the, in the back of the truck. And, and yeah. uh, I remember uh, going for lunch with some friends and we piled, you know, I got a snuck, snuck three or four friends in the, in the back. back. Yeah, sure. Like we like we had, we had you had, know, there was a bench seat in the front, but there was a stick shift in the middle of it. So you'd squeeze three people in sort of, it was oh, like, yeah. uncomfortable. It was just, I mean, all, all, all in all a terrible experience, except my memories of it are so, <laughs> so joyful.
0: Well, that's typical for any car that's been in our past. And usually I always say going back is never as good as the experience you think you remember. Yeah. Now, with those remind me because I thinking back to those things. Weren't the floors kind of high in those? Like when you got in them, you're thinking, "Why is the floor so high? What? Yeah, how come my know, legs don't go down? That. Yeah, why don't my legs go down? There's like, what is? It's almost like you're
1: sitting on the floor and your legs are almost straight, right? So funny you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right. Absolutely. I didn't. I mean, I, I I was a late bloomer. So when I was, you know, when I got my first license, I was 16. I was I was I think it said I was five foot one. Okay. So I was well, and I'm, I'm about six feet now. So it was a I was a late bloomer. It was probably a senior when I finally you know went through puberty and grew up. So uh, <laughs> I probably noticed it less than the rest of my my family until later on, uh, yeah. just because they would get into it and see that. But because for me, I, you know being being a short guy, <laughs> it was it probably worked pretty well. Well, but, yeah. Looking back at it, yeah, no, it, it actually really was. It, it, was, it was very weird. odd.
0: It was very odd that this, the seat was so low to the floor. And I just remember first time getting in those back in that time going, what's wrong with this car? Why are my legs not hanging over the end like sitting in a chair? It, yeah, I just remember it was very odd. Uh, not bad to drive. Um, I think my dad, no, my dad had an old Datsun. That was very different. It was from the 70s. But I remember sitting in those just thinking, this is really weird. Well, how about this? If you woke up tomorrow, Nolan, you were a vehicle actually manifest as a car, what would Noel be and why? All
1: right, so I... Okay, do you remember the movie Vacation? Family Vacation with Chevy Chase? Uh, yeah, Chevy Chase, yeah, where they go on oh, the, yeah. the, the road trip to Wally World. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. I love <laughs> I love it. The- I love how honest it is about being a dad on Earth, right? And how yep. it's like you-, you try to do your best and you try to make it all great. And nobody really a- appreciates all the effort you're putting into. I mean, they do, but you don't know that they do. And you go through just hell to have a great time. And then you <laughs> think this is the worst time ever. And then find out in the end, no, it actually was yeah, pretty the good. perfect vacation. The car that they use in that is, <laughs> t- it's like, that's, I try to live my life kind of that way. It's like you- <laughs> like that grind and to be, to try to be a decent person and try to do the best by those who love you to try to be a good, a good dad and to, and to to kind of keep just grinding and keep going. And it doesn't matter what you get hit with You keep going. So I, I would say probably a late eighties Mercury colony park, like a station wagon, <laughs> you know? Well, just- why
0: can't we just call you the Griswold family truckster? A truckster. Yeah, yeah. basically a Ford LTD Country Squire oh, with go. a lot of options, a
1: lot of... Even bigger than what I'm thinking. Okay, good. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: I think that's pretty good. Well, Rusty, let's have a little talk. Dad to yeah. son. Yeah. <laughs> have your first beer. Rusty just sucks it all down. There's nothing left. That was hilarious. Yeah. That's pretty funny. All right. Well, that's definitely a first here on Cars Yeah, Noel. <laughs> Yeah, the family truckster. That's pretty funny. All right. Well, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give us some very quick blips of that family truckster wagon. Just try to keep it on the road and, you know, don't be looking out for uh, supermodels in red Ferraris. (laughs) That'll get you in trouble, my friend. All right, here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years?
1: Uh, the start button, or I guess you know, for uh, for cars, you could say the the, the ignition, right? Um, yeah. To me, the the hardest thing to do often is to start, because once with most projects, I find uh, once you're started and you're involved in the project, it's actually hard to stop. You can actually just kind of roll through and do it. So yeah. just having that sort of voice in your head that says, "Okay, it's time to to, to do hit it. the start button, to turn turn the key, get yeah, that ignition yeah. going, and and to do it," that's probably been been something that I. I do well and have, have kind of attributed a lot of my good luck to is that.
0: Well, I'm not so sure it's luck. I think it's uh, probably just uh grit. Uh, let's say it's that, <laughs> especially somebody who's a truckster. So, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I could arrange for you to sit down and enjoy a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be?
1: I would say, you know who I, I who I would love to, to talk to would be actually uh, Michael Schumacher, the, oh, the yeah. F1 racer. I, yeah. I, what an interesting life uh, he's had, you know, from the from his early years trying to keep up with Thart and Senna, and then yeah, obviously driving for Benetton, part of that. and yeah, <laughs> yeah, and being part of that horrible, you know, tragedy with with uh, with Senna there, and 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 then his kind of personal involvement in, in improving safety, mm-hmm. you know, for for Formula One, and, and then that coming back to help him later when he broke. I, I don't know if he broke both legs or a leg, but when he slammed into the oh, wall. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, and like that was, you know, these are some of the, the measures that he helped to, to put in that kept him alive, you know? Yeah. And and, uh, and and just being, maybe people wouldn't say he's the greatest anymore, but in my opinion, he certainly has to be in the conversation. It just, it would be fascinating to sit down with him and to, I don't know, just to chat about his life because it's been, it's been a really dramatic, tragic, and exciting one, you know? Well,
0: the supreme irony of, Falling on skis and hitting his head ah, and ending up how he's ended up is just a horror story that is unimaginable. I think we all, as F1 fans, keep thinking one day he's going to walk out of a room and there, he's going to be able to sit down and talk with us again. And you know, the family, obviously for obvious reasons, have kept his injuries quiet pretty much. And if there's a recovery or whatever's going on, uh, we just all want him to come back. You know, yeah, he has doubt. he has such a spirit to him. I loved when he would get up on the podium and just jump when he won and he was so ha. excited. Yeah. And some of the F1 drivers, they get up there. It's like, Oh, well, you know, I, I want to race. Or even if they're second or third, they just don't act like they're very excited. It's like, right. hey,
1: come on. So it's just crazy. Cause it's, it's an incredible achievement. This is like, yeah. look at what you get to do for a living. My yeah. Goodness,
0: guys. So yeah, absolutely. Michael, we all wish you the best. How about the best automotive advice someone else has ever given you?
1: My dad was was really big on 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 you take care of your things. You know mm-hmm. if you if you have if you have something you have to care for it and if you care the more you care for your stuff the longer it will last and and he was Really big on that with cars, too, that the, the importance of keeping up on the basic maintenance and keeping an eye on things and not putting things off and, and to treat your car like you treat your body, right? Like you brush your yeah. teeth every day, you, yeah. you take every shower every day and you, you eat, <laughs> right? Yeah. You do all like... Yeah. And you try to eat healthy foods. You don't put junk yeah.
0: in your body. At least you try not to. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the better you treat your car, the better it'll treat you. And that's right. I, I found that to be true. And, 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 uh, and I thank him for that advice.
0: There you go. How about a resource? Is there one that's a go-to for you?
1: You know, I... These days, a lot less so. My my job has changed. So my life has changed so much over the last five or so years. Just as as a like both with, with both in the entertainment business, I, I'm a, the producer. I was the producer, so I would I would my job was often to be on the phone, right, mm-hmm. to, to yeah. get in front of people, have conversations. So I uh, I used you know so, so many of the resources that I that I would u- would use were. Before I, I wasn't really using it anymore, and now still, I mean, I'm often talking to oil company executives, and, and I mean I, I'll, I, it's it's a different kind of thing. I mean the resource I probably use the most is is uh, is this WhatsApp It's <laughs> like, <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. Yeah, because of all the international calling and things like that. Yeah, so I, I don't know that I have one for now. Let uh-huh. look. I could I could plug Biofriendly Planet in the well, Biofriendly Podcast. I think know?
0: that would be a really good resource. Yeah, Biofriendly Podcast. We'll make sure we put a, a link to. You have a website for the podcast, or should they just go to your Biofriendly website?
1: If you go to BiofriendlyPlanet dot com, we've oh. uh, we've kind of tied into that, so you can okay. you can see up on that homepage there, you'll see a little picture of me and my partner Jacob there. Cool, awesome! I'll make
0: yeah. sure I put a link to that on Thank you. Noel's show notes page. Absolutely, and by the way, Noel spells his name N O E L, and Carol two R's, two L's. So you can find him on the Carriage website under the search engine there. All right, how about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners? You think they should crack open and read?
1: Well, there's a couple of books that I really like. John Stakely wrote a, a book called called Armor, which is a lot of fun. But uh, the one I would probably say is is uh, is is slaughterhouse five kurt vonnegut i, I read for fun uh yeah. more than for for i mean i do i do obviously and we all have to do reading for education as well but my preferred reading is for fun and and i have always thought slaughterhouse five was a cool book because it was one of the if not the first one of the first books that really messed with time that character doesn't live in a normal timeline from one place to the other he jumps from this to that and it's it's such an interesting way to look at the world concept yeah yeah to open up your perspective a little bit and and it's it's cool storytelling it's it's a it's a lot of fun i think it's also brought up other thing i mean i i don't know if there's a lot of gamers on your show or not but like you know games like legend of zelda ocarina of time you know things games like that are inspired by a book like slaughterhouse five because it's it's the whole idea that you can bounce you can live around in time and then by doing that you can change Consequences of different things, or that things yeah. can happen in a way that you wouldn't expect, and it's just a fascinating. There it's a fascinating.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely.
1: All right, no we
0: are up to the checkered flag here, and this last question is a bit of a doozy, but it's a fun thought. I'm going to buy you a car today, collector car or something fun to park in your garage and enjoy, but there are some rules since I'm writing the check. It's the only one collector car you can have. You have to drive it, so it needs to tick all the boxes for use. No garage queens here, and you can't sell it to fund your business or buy a bunch of other toys with or start a new rock band. You got to keep yeah. it and enjoy it. So what can I buy you today, my friend?
1: Okay, so my 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 first instinct, and this is not my answer. But my first instinct is is I'm fascinated by what this electric Mustang is gonna be like. Mm-hmm. It's gonna look like, and and uh, and I I really want to get my hands on one of those at some point, just because like as I mentioned earlier, I love I love the Mustang, and and I think it would be kind of neat to see one in electric form. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna choose that though. I think I think I think that the first really cool car that I fell in love with was probably that early Dodge Viper. Like I don't know if it's 91 or 92, you would know better than I would, but when they when they first came out with that Dodge Viper, I think that's I think that's the car that I would want just cuz it's such a breath of fresh air at the time of like how to to design a car and and how to make one look and how to make it go. And I just, I think that that's a cool, it's just a cool car. I think that would be probably the one.
0: Well, yeah. So we're talking first gen of the Viper when they came out and those were, I I think, um, you think here, 91 through 2017, I believe they built those. They took a little hiatus there uh, in 07, I believe it was. But yeah, the first gen, it was such a different kind of car. I mean, it yeah. was just so crazy. And of course, anything with that kind of horsepower, I think the first ones had like. 400 horsepower or something like that uh which at the time when you think about it was pretty cool but it was a v10 yeah and at that time we've got like v10 f1 cars going around the track and right. stuff so yeah chrysler really i mean they did some some pretty cool stuff there but i believe the series one was 91 to 95 ish somewhere in there i might be off a year or two my listeners yeah. will, will correct me on that if i'm wrong but yeah those were pretty cool what color would you like yours to be
1: I think I'd probably like that, uh, is that what's that British racing green kind of color? Uh I don't know if they ever made one that color. You know, they were always red in the the magazines. But in the
0: cars, yeah, world, you can have anything you want. All right. Yeah, Yeah. so we'll we'll make it green. How about a white stripe going down the the hood let's do
1: it without well, yeah, little, yeah it was classic white stripes let's yeah. have a little
0: bit of fun okay cool and then as we move <laughs> forward in the future we can take the engine out and put some batteries in there and it'll go even faster so um, nice yeah we'll have some fun to make it a little more green well it's kind of interesting you choose a car like that but you come from bio-friendly corporation <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got some yin and yang going here my friend this is <laughs> yeah myself. your co-worker <laughs> your co-workers are raising the arbor going what what are you talking <laughs> about so you got to have some fun in life that's for sure well listen no you've taken us on a fun ride this has been really great i want to thank you for sharing your journey with us what's one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that wonderful dodge viper
1: you know i i think i think i'll probably with the same kind of theme we talked about before i i believe that great things come to those who persist yeah. like those who can just keep on keep on battling that to me is the, is 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 I, I found it such a key to life. It's just to not don't if you don't stop, you don't lose.
0: Absolutely. And what's the best way for our people to follow along? Our people, our listeners, our people, <laughs> our people. That was a weird way to say it. Our listeners to follow along with BioFriendly Corporation and your podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you. So you can you can uh, search for the, the podcast. It's called the BioFriendly Podcast. Uh, it's on iTunes. It's it's on it's it, it's on uh, Google Play. It's on on uh, it's everywhere, like wherever you can find Yeah, them. same place yeah. you can find cars, yeah. So. Yeah, on. Spotify, yeah. So yep. you know, search for it there and you can find that. Uh, and to find out more about the product, you go to biofriendly.com. There you go. That'll tell you more about uh, about the, uh, the green additive that can help reduce uh, emissions. And then if you want to learn a bit about the environment in a way that's not going to punish you too hard, then go to biofriendlyplanet.com. There you go. I'll make sure I put links to all these
0: on Noel's show notes page. And just remember, Noel is N-O-E-L, and you'll find that page with all those links. I would encourage you to check BioFriendly Corporation out and the podcast. Uh, You might learn some things. In fact, you will learn some things and you have some fun. And together, we can all take care of this very special planet that we live on, the big blue marble. Noel, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road thank you you're welcome except you'll be way in front of me in that that viper so <laughs> i'll be the guy in the rearview mirror i appreciate your time today this was great All right.
1: All right. Thank, you. thank you so much for
0: joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah drive on over to cars to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun download your free copy of filler up